Welcome to the Visegrad Inside podcast from Central Europe on Central Europe. This week we have a NATO summit. Um, the meeting has built many expectations. Some of them will turn out to be uh, unfulfilled, especially uh, it's hard to expect that uh, Finland and Sweden will be taken on board already now with a fierce and stubborn opposition from Turkey, uh, where uh, President Erdogan um, apparently, and to the public knowledge, has first endorsed uh, the idea of welcoming new member states and then blocked them uh, on, the, on the case of uh, their, their commitment to human rights and also freedom fighters um, in, um, uh, in Turkey. Uh, but uh, also the NATO summit will bring about a number of uh, new uh, uh, developments that we write about in, F in our FAQ uh, from last week. There is a number of uh, experts who give their voices on the expectations towards NATO summit. So you may read about it, while uh, we decided this week not to focus that much on the NATO summit, but instead to narrate you through uh, the political dimension of the of Central European turmoil that is happening as we speak, with the Czech and Bulgarian government being um, now in disarray or severely threatened uh, in terms of um, of the continuity of the government and potential new elections also in, coming in, in, in Bulgaria. Um, my name is Wojciech Przybylski. Uh, we're sitting together here with, with Miles. Um, and we also have something to say about uh, the framing, the general framing and attitudes towards the war in Ukraine, of a Russian invasion uh, assessment by various uh, public opinion polls um, and new research also coming from Visegrad Insight. So, Miles, um, out of the texts that are going to be published this week, uh, there are to be already found or will be found on our website. For for our listeners, it's really uh, sometimes not so important to to get every uh, individual text. And believe me, there are some fantastic texts, including my own. Uh, and Miles' uh, own uh, coming up this week. But uh, maybe if we browse through the, the political events of, of this week, what, what, would be, what would be your highlights? Who are we featuring? So certainly the number one, the number one issue that we see, especially in the Visegrad region, is the Czech governmental crisis, right? So what we decided to do is to actually publish a piece today specifying this uh, with one of our... Machin Kroll fellows, Michał Zabłocki. And on top of this, we also kind of look and we see that the Bulgarian government crisis that's happening as well in the region, this will have massive consequences, not only for in relation to North Macedonia, but just EU enlargement, EU expansion, and kind of linked together the Czech uh, EU presidency, what's basically ahead in the future. And as they look toward the eastward expansion. So we have Michał Zabłocki, but additionally, we also have, we're also publishing a piece with, um, an interview with Ivan Krastev, right? Um, so Ivan is certainly a voice from the region, 
a, a particular voice. And more recently, when you kind of look to see what he has been saying, we talked about this a little bit last week on the podcast in relation to the actual Russian invasion of Ukraine and kind of the aftermath. So what do we do now? Right. And he sort of has this idea and you can kind of speak on this more and, and, and touch upon it. But the idea of peace versus justice now. Right. Um, so this, I think, is is one of the main sort of debates because we, you know, as a group here uh, within Bajigrad Insight and the fellows that we have, we want to actually have the voice from the region. Mm. Um, so this certainly necessitates a response. Yeah, well, speaking of uh, speaking of the response from the region and also relating to Ivan Krastev uh, and Mark Leonard's uh, formulation of peace party versus justice party, I think they tried to do an, an interesting thing by linking the domestic politics and pub- public opinion with the largest strate- strategic questions about the war in Ukraine and the future of Europe. Now, uh, we have one other text coming up this week by our fellow Spasimir Domaratsky, who writes about and explains how the case of North Macedonia was important in the no-confidence vote and essentially the end of the of the current Bulgarian uh, government. Now, uh, th- this case of Bulgaria shows not only that it, there is an internal piece in the, in the Bulgarian politics, but it is at times... Um, uh, a paradigm shift coming from internal uh, internal developments in policy of Central European countries that alters overall a global or at least European uh, policy, in this case, the enlargement policy. Some would say the only tool and the most effective tool Europe has had so far in its foreign policy in shaping its neighborhood. So what Bulgaria has achieved, on one hand, uh, individually as a member state, as a country that that does um, it, follow its own definitions of of national security, is that they uh, they managed to put a bilateral issue as part of the package of EU negotiation package with North Macedonia about the accession. This is a paradigm shift because. This undermines the whole process and the logic of enlargement that follows on the um, on the administrative or more, I mean, essentially common uh, European position, and installs in it certain interests that are specifically country-specific interests, and these here are very peculiar ones because they relate to the national historical identity of Bulgaria and North Macedonia. And this is why uh, it's also so dangerous and explosive, not immediately for North Macedonia, but for the whole enlargement process and credibility of the European Union. Because the next time there is new chapter open, the chapter of negotiating of, let's say, Ukraine on the accession, Hungary has opened door, or at least see the foot in the door for its own positioning, which it has uh, continuously demonstrated in the past, of inserting a bilateral issue between Hungary and Ukraine in the larger scheme of things and, and using as a leverage to, to get a sense of, uh, to, get a, uh, to get what it wants or seemingly 
what it wants or to block the whole process if that is really the uh, the overall purpose so uh, so yes uh, this is just to underline how central european uh, domestic uh, policy and foreign policy of individual countries from sea influences and and now we see also with with not only the nato summit but also uh, in a in a good way i would say but also with the eu enlargement policy in a bad way the uh, uh, how much attention is, is, is needed and how much solution is being also needed for, um, um, for the aspect of, uh, of, of the future of Europe. Um, and attention is needed here to, um, to reformulate policies so, again, we do not have Central European countries uh, or any other countries, being you know, Germany, Malta or France, hijacking the overall strategy of the EU and undermining its credibility. Now, coming back to Ivan Krastev, although this is not the interview about peace and justice, right. it's a large, it's a, it's a collaborated article we have done together with our partners uh, from Slovakia, from Denniken, and it's part of a larger effort to, um, to translate the European perspective and the European parliamentary perspective on, on democratic security in Central Europe, and two Central European audiences. Um, so again, fantastic job by uh, by colleagues also from Denniken with the with the interview that you'll also now read in English. It's and also in Polish, part of our uh, collaboration with the European Parliament. Uh, the the arguments uh, that even is resonating through the interview or there is a background to that interview is of course with the newly published ECFR. Mm-hmm. study on the on the peace and justice and there is a problem with that study i think fundamental problem is that by having people to decide in a survey uh, about whether they want peace and justice is slightly unfair and of course in the maslow hierarchy of things you want peace you want you, you don't want war right in and and then instead of some let's say higher uh, higher uh, um, uh, level uh, of 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 gains to be to be delivered, but uh, the problem is also with with that putting that in front also for a public debate and policy debate. This is in a way undermining a very clear otherwise uh, objective of of the current policy to sustain Ukraine's effort. To, to be able to defend itself and to uh, create a situation in which you may not have Russia as a credible partner as it ceased to be um, upon invading Ukraine for building European security system. But you need to think about European security and European security is the prerequisite of peace. You need to, in order to have peace, you need to have a security installed and security idea about how, how this uh, could all work out. One of those that, that is on the table that Zelensky uh, formulated a couple of months ago already is that Ukraine will become a type of organization when it comes to the polity uh, resembling Israel, state of Israel, uh, with a full mobilization um, and military service that enables the country 
to defend itself against um, hostile terrorist states uh, abroad, and to and within even uh, and to some extent, yes, within. And that sets the whole question upside down, I think, because it's no longer about justice. It's simply about security. It's also not about Europe, you know, Ukraine's justice. It's about uh, or Ukraine's peace only. It's it's about the whole uh, European architecture here, um, and that is largely missing out on the on the voices from Central Eastern Europe, especially those which are also concerned with the security element much more than with the elements of, uh, I wouldn't say justice, I would say prosperity, because obviously everybody is now, by now, also in Central Europe, are everybody's worried about, uh, not so much about what is just or not, but what is going to cost and how much, um, because of the war, the accessibility um, of the jobs, um, inflation, um, the, the case of gasoline prices, etc. So, uh, uh, ECFR study and an ECFR paper essentially uh, seems to be aiming at showing how isolated Poland is on a map of Europe, which can be done without presenting a study on the peace and justice. Poland, Poland government is isolated because it underperforms, it has no leadership, it doesn't have majority in the parliament. It struggles uh, for it every day until elections next year. And it's hard to imagine that it's credible after so many years and also recent months of undermining the West as a project and the Europe, European Union as a project. So you can achieve that, the goal of, of showing how Poland is, is not going to attain its European uh, position of a, of a leader with this government until at least the upcoming elections without uh, producing such a survey uh, and producing such a po policy debate that is, I mean, to my mind, really futile, doesn't show much. Um, but um, to the even more is, is um, undermining a sense of unity uh, in, in strategic communication and thinking uh, from within the West, where also part of the big question is not only uh, social and societal preferences for peace and justice and security, but it's much more the question of leadership and the ability of, of some to be able to explain uh, to their um, electorate, to their societies, um, well, that the burden is coming, and we have seen that also within Germany and the Netherlands, uh, being quite frank, frank and open about it, that whatever we are doing is is consistent and persistent effort to uh, bring in security at the end of which process there should be peace, and this is this is of primary value, and it will cost. Now. Whether a societies will accept that for various reasons, but I do not believe that for the reason of, of going for, for a question of justice, that's another thing. But, but uh, um, I think there is a danger in, in framing this um, dilemma ahead of uh, European affairs in, in such a way that emphasizes, uh, first of all, um, two unparalleled uh, um, values, and secondly, that that is somehow pointing a finger at Poland, saying that 
Poland is unable to deliver, which again we agree with, but uh, but this uh, this logic is a bit twisted here. So um, we, nevertheless, we find the uh, uh, debates and, and 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 discussions even virtual uh, with with even so invigorate, invigorating, um, and hence we're we're happy to to publish and to 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 challenge the thinking about these ideas also. Uh, also in Visegrad Insight.